recorded live. That's a pretty big deal, isn't it? 
pretty big deal. The essence of God manifest in the flesh, the Lord Jesus Christ. For it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, he made him, no, verse 2 Corinthians 5, the last verse. He made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Brother Chad, open us in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the blessing of being able to breathe, Lord, and being able to speak and being able to use our voice to praise you, Father, through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you for your precious Son and the blood that he shed for us, Lord, that we might have eternal life and live forever and serve you in that next world realm that comes, Lord, and we ask that you edify us tonight, Lord, through this teaching, through your, through the miracle of this book, Lord, this supernatural book, the living word that you've given us, Lord, these 66 love letters that you gave us, Lord, and we love every word of it. We ask that you anoint, anoint our pastor, Lord, that he'd be able to teach from the Holy Spirit, Lord, anoint the ears of all those that are here tonight, Lord, and those that might download at another time, Lord. That they that they um they come to you in all prayer and supplication, Lord, and and uh and let the Holy Spirit teach them as well and not uh not what we want to hear, but what you want us to hear, Lord. We ask that you teach us in the way that uh, you know us each individually what we need to hear, Lord. Yeah. And we pray for all those that need healing tonight, Lord. Yes, number two. Yes, Bob. Yes, Lord. Yes, two's knees, Lord. Feels like he's dying, and uh, I know Brother Don's got the same knees problems, Lord. And uh, boy, I hurt my knee once, and I know there's there's a lot of pain associated with the knees, and I, I can't even imagine what that would be like having all the time, Lord. And I thank you that I don't have to go through that, but we do pray for the healing for all those that have pain in their knees tonight, Lord, that are here with us, and those that have pains or sufferings or any sort of sickness anywhere else in their body, Lord. Yes. Um, we plead the blood of Jesus Christ that. Yes. Uh, that Jesus Christ do the healing, Lord, and that uh, by the power of our Lord Jesus, that uh, everyone that needs healing, Lord, come to you in all truth and pray to you according to your will, that you heal them and that you be able to heal them, that there will be your will, Lord, and your will be our will and not our own, Lord, because we're nothing. We have no purpose without you, Lord, and we thank you so much for purpose. So in the name of our precious Lord Jesus Christ, we pray for all these things and, and uh, we say amen. 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 Hallelujah. Glory to God. And amen again. Guess two, you're on my heart big time and we'll be the rest of the night because I'll probably be up after tonight anyway. I understand, my brother or my sister. don't know who you are or what you are. You know, just I understand. All, that's all I can tell you. Okay? I've got it right now. <laughs> okay? So, anyway, Matthew chapter 26. Brother Dave, if you would, pick up where we left off. And Brother Chad, I'll have you pick up when we get to chapter 27, okay? Oh, yeah. Okay. Brother okay, Dave. Okay, I'll start at verse 14. Matthew chapter 26 at the paragraph marker, verse 14. Then one of the twelve, called Judas Iscariot, went unto the chief priests and said unto them, What will ye give me? And I will deliver him unto you. 
Uh, I don't want you to stop just right there. I mean, let me tell everybody before you get to it. This is where the saying comes from. He got caught holding the bag. It's right out of your King James Bible. It comes from Judas and the 30 pieces of silver. The saying, he got caught holding the bag. This is where it comes from. Go ahead, brother. And they covenanted with him for 30 pieces of silver. And from that time, he sought opportunity to betray him. Now, the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the disciples came to Jesus, saying unto him, Where wilt thou, excuse me, where wilt thou that we prepare for thee to eat the Passover? And he said, Go into the city to such a man, and say unto him, The Master saith, My time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at thy house with my disciples. And the disciples did as Jesus had appointed them, and they made ready the Passover. Now when the even was come, he sat down with the twelve. And as they did eat, he said, Verily I say unto you, that one of you shall betray me. And they were exceedingly sorrowful, and began every one of them to say unto him, Lord, is it I? And he answered and said, He that dippeth his hand with me in the dish, the same shall betray me. You know what? I, I often wonder about this. He tells them what to look for, and then he said they see it happen. It's like it the, the supernaturally or something. The, um, the Lord just removes it from their memory. You ever thought about that, Dave? Chad? Yes, I have. Yeah. It's, it's an amazing yeah. thing. Yeah. How the Lord controls everything to and get his to, for his book to come for every jot and tittle to come to pass. Go ahead, brother. Even even when he tells Judas to go, like in I know it's an amazing thing. I know people don't stop and think about how amazing this stuff is, man. This Amen. is wild stuff, man. Go ahead. You know when people get a preconceived idea about someone, they just can't seem to lose it easily. That's true. It's even like Billy Graham, if you come out and show people documented evidence, oh, no, he was a saint. He was this, he was that. They just won't listen to the truth. Well, and he I, was I think a there's saint. something like He was a saint. He's just a naked, naked and ashamed saint. That's all. Yeah. Go ahead. But he, yeah, he got into the um, reprobate, false doctrines, false gospel, new world order gospel. Ecumenism, trying to bring yeah. the world together when he knew all the time God never wanted not only the world not to get together, but for the races not to get together as well in his plain Amen. book. Go ahead, brother. Yes. Then Judas, which betrayed him, answered and said, Master, is it I? He said unto him, Thou hast said. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and brake it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it, for this is my blood of the New Testament. Ah, stop right there. This is the blood of the New Covenant. So if you've got a New Covenant, there is no continuation of the Old Covenant. Am I right, Brother Dave? Yes. And there is no new covenant in effect until the testator of the testament is dead. Am I right, Brother Chad? 
That is correct in Hebrews. You need to understand this because everything prior to this is not is of none effect except to the historical people that were there at the time the things were happening. They were under the Mosaic Covenant until the death of the testator brought in the New Testament, and then all everything changed. And we're going to go from Matt. By the way, I'll go ahead and tell you before we do it. We're not going to go to uh, Mark next. We're going to go straight to Acts. We're going to get some stuff straight in that book. I, 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 I went through it fast last time. I'm going to slow down this time because that's the most that gets more people screwed up in doctrine. Then Matthew, Acts, and Hebrews are the three books that gets everybody out of whack on their doctrine. And then we're going to the book of Acts, and we're going to go through it with a fine-tooth comb, and we're going to go slow. And I'm going to answer every question you've got with the Word of God, not my opinion, with the book. Contrary to all the rest of them out there, I'm going to answer you with the book. And then the choice will be yours, what you believe. You can even believe what God said or what you want it. Go ahead, brother. For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. I want you all to notice one word that that the Lord Jesus Christ has just said, remission of sin. Even right up until now, he's talking about remission. Remission is not taken away, folks. Don't forget that. Remission, there were sins were remitted all through the Old Testament. God forgave people from from the point here all the way back to Cain and Abel. God forgave people. But their sins weren't taken away. This remission is not redemption, okay? People get so mixed up with these words. That's the reason you live by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Not every doctrine, not every phrase, not every every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God shall man live, okay? Go ahead, brother. And when they had sung an hymn, they went out into the Mount of Olives. Then saith Jesus unto them, All ye shall be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. But after I am risen again, I will go before you into Galilee. Peter answered and said unto him, Though all men shall be offended because of thee, Yet will I never be offended. Be careful what you say, folks. Always think before you go run in your mouth. Peter's heart was in the right place. At the time Peter said that, he meant it. When a lot of you and me and everybody thinks, well, if put on the spot, I would do such and such or so and so. That's why I want Sister Olga's testimony to be heard by everybody in the chat room and everybody that comes to uh, Light on the Hill Ministries. I want everybody to hear that testimony about some real persecution of a Christian. Okay? 
I want that testimony on tape, and I want it on our webpage. Lord willing, we'll get it done. So go ahead, brother. Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, that this night before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. Peter said unto him, Though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee. Likewise also said all the disciples. How many times have you went down in prayer earnestly before God with a repentant heart and said, Lord, I'm sorry. I'll never do that again, Lord. I mean it, Lord, from the de- I mean it, Lord, I'll never do that again. And be I mean it with all your heart, mean what you're saying. And two or three weeks later, what happens? Boop, you do it again. See? Unless you understand the doctrine of the two natures, you you don't understand how a person can do that. Go ahead, brother. Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane, and saith unto the disciples, Sit ye here, while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here, and watch with me. And he went a little further, and fell on his face, and prayed, saying, O my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. He knows what he's getting into. He knows exactly what's in that cup. He knows it's the full measure of wrath of a righteous God poured out on sin. He knows that. He's he's, he's, he's the essence of God in man form. He's suffering, he's having he's having these thoughts come in his mind. He's living the life. The Christian life as well he's living the inward life as well as the outward life. He's got the essence of this is the creator of all things. That say that that say, if it's possible, Lord, Father, let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, not as I will but as thou wilt. Anybody under the sound of my voice had any Gethsemanes? I'm sure you have. Have you patterned your Gethsemanes after the Creator in flesh? Nevertheless, Lord, not in my will, but thine. This is an example for you, a doctrinal example for you which is reiterated over and over and over and over again in the Pauline epistles. This is the part this is the part of crucifying yourself to your lust to your wants and desires. This is the part of reckon ye yourselves dead unto sin but alive, but alive unto Christ. This is the part of mortify the deeds of the flesh. See? It's all through the epistles. 
Continue on, Brother Dave. And he cometh unto the disciples, and findeth them asleep, and saith unto Peter, What? Could ye not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray, that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. First sign of the two natures. First sign of a division in the body. That's the first sign of it right there. Before, before we're what will be headed into when the revelation will be given to the Apostle Paul that most people are clueless about. First sign of a, of a new creature in Christ created on the inside that nobody sees. First sign of a soul spirit being saved and the body left to rot and do as it want and always wanting to do as it pleases. Continue on, brother. He went away again the second time and prayed saying, O my Father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. And he left them and went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Then cometh he to his disciples and saith unto them, Sleep on now and take your rest, Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. All right, Brother Dave, I want you to stop here, and I want you to go to this same account in the book of Luke. It'll be in the book of Luke. Just type in the word A-N and then A-G-O-N-Y, and agony, okay? This is, this, he sweat, he sweated drops of blood because of what was in this cup. And Luke's rendition of what took place gives more detail. So therefore, we're going to go there and give more detail on this thing, on this Garden of Gethsemane thing. Brother Chad, you can look for it too, whichever one of you gets there first. You there? I have it. Okay, I want you to read the whole rendition again. And I want you all to see the the different words that's in there. And it, because this this is not he's not just in 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 a agony. See, the word specifically says a an agony. In other words, it's a special kind, and it's going to give details as to what happened. Go ahead, brother. And he came out. Oh, uh, Luke chapter twenty-two, verse thirty-nine. And he came out and went as he was wont to the Mount of Olives. And his disciples also followed him. And when he was at the place, he said unto them, Pray that ye enter not into temptation. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast, and kneeled down and prayed, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in an agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was as it were great drops of blood falling down. There you go. Stop right there. Even with the help of an angel that it didn't tell you in Matthew, Luke tells you that an angel come to minister to him, and his sweat was it as great drops of blood 
because he was in an agony because he knew what was in that cup. He knew that every sin that had ever been committed or ever would be committed by every individual that ever drew a breath and had the Spirit of God in them was going to be in that cup. And the wrath of God on that sin, that's what he was going to have to drink. And it was an agony. And that flesh part, that man part, that God-man part, the God part says, Thy will be done. The man part was just desiring some way. If it be possible, God, take this cup from me. And then that decision that's made, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Go ahead, Brother Dave. I got a question on that on the on the cup. Um, w- did he take it in there with him, or was it already in there? Do what? The cup. Did he take it in there, or was it already there? Yeah. Brother, this is a figurative cup. There's no The cup is not uh, a gold goblet. It's the wrath of God. It's the wrath of God. Yeah, I understand that. I just always imagined that he actually drank from a cup. Well, that, you know, that's 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 a good way to put it forth for people to get a good mental picture of it. But there's no actual cup in his hand. Okay, if there would, it'd have to be a cup as big as anything you've ever known or could conceive in your mind to hold all the sins of every. See what I'm saying? Well, God can condense it into one drop. I know, brother, but there's not enough, there's not a verse of scripture anywhere in the Bible that says it was a literal cup. That's why I asked. And that's why I told you it wasn't. Okay. Okay. Wait. And his sweat was, as it were, great drops of blood falling down to the ground. And when he rose up from prayer and was come to his disciples, he found them sleeping for sorrow. And said unto them, Why sleep ye? Rise and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. And while he yet spake, behold, a multitude, and he that was called Judas, one of the twelve, went before them, and drew near unto Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus said unto him, Judas, betrayest thou the Son of Man with a kiss? When they which were about him saw what would follow, they said unto him, Lord, shall we smite with the sword? And one of them smote the servant of the high priest and cut off his right ear. And Jesus answered and said, Suffer ye thus far. And he touched his ear and healed him. You see, there, there's, there's nothing in none of the Gospels where this rendition is given, there it, it's immediately, Thy will be done, Lord, after the third. Paul went to the Lord three times to said and asked the Lord to take away his thorn in the flesh. But Jesus Christ went to the Lord three times if it would be possible for there to be salvation granted and all the sins taken away. 
and the wrath of God be poured out some other way than on him. They went to the Lord three times. There's that three again, one, two, three. There is no nowhere in any Bible of any kind where there was any kind of physical thing. This was a spiritual thing. There's no physical drinking of a cup and then throwing it to the side. It is a definitely contextual in every rendition. It's a spiritual thing, and it's the wrath of God. Continue on. And by the way, then, this servant's name is Malchus. Go ahead. Then Jesus said unto the chief priests and captains of the temple and the elders which were come to him, Be ye come out as against a thief with swords and staves. When I was daily with you in the temple, ye stretched forth no hands against me. But this is your hour and the power of darkness. Then took they him and led him and brought him into the high priest's house. Okay, and Peter, that's, good, that's good enough in Luke. Let's go back to Matthew. Brother Chad, pick it up in Matthew. Oh, that wasn't in Matthew? No, no that, that, was, that was Luke. Oh, okay. Uh, I stopped at verse 45. Okay, 45. And by the way, by the way, that was I'm glad you asked that question because probably with all the guests that we have, somebody may have had that question in their mind. So thanks for asking. Oh, I've always had that question because I was, I was reading there, and I'm like, I didn't see a cup come in. I didn't see a cup in there, you know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously it could be a figurative cup. And It uh, is a figurative cup. I'm, I'm just glad you asked the question. Thank you. Oh, yeah, no problem. Yeah, I'm glad to get an answer on that, certainly, because I imagine a lot of people, they always portray it. You know, it's in their mind. He's in there. He's drinking from this cup. I was just like, I didn't see where it, where it was already there. I didn't say he picked it up. Didn't even say that he drank that he drank from it, just he was praying that he didn't have to drink from I'll it. I'll tell you when he drank from it. You want me to tell you when the moment he did, when he drank from it? On the cross. Uh, well, no, I'm talking about when the decision was made, when he knew he was going to drink it. Oh, okay, when? When he said, nevertheless, not my will for the third time. Not uh, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. It was yeah. sealed right then. Yeah, yeah. Okay, go yeah. ahead, brother. All right. Okay. Uh, so I'll start in 44, Matthew 26. And he left them and went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Then cometh he to his disciples and saith unto them, Sleep on now and take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. Behold, he is at hand that doth betray me. And while he yet spake, lo, Judas, one of the twelve came, and with him a great multitude with swords and staves from the chief priests and elders of the people. Now he that betrayed him gave them a sign, saying, Whomsoever I shall kiss, that same is he. Hold him fast. Forthwith he came to Jesus and said, Hail, Master, and kissed him. Jesus said unto him, Friend, wherefore art thou come? Then came they and laid hands on Jesus and took him. Ooh, boy, that's chilling. Mm-hmm. It is. That's, that's a chilling sentence, man. Oh, it sure is. He calls him friend. Recover from that. Wow. Good, good night. Old friend of the family is inside of him. Yeah. Go ahead. All right. Verse 51. And behold, one of them 
which were with Jesus stretched out his hand and drew his sword and struck a servant of the high priests and smote off his ear. Then Jesus said unto him, Put up again thy sword into it into his place, for all they that take the sword shall perish with the sword. Okay. At this time, before the crucifixion crucifixion and resurrection, there is there's there's supposed to be no fight put up or anything because of what has to be done. After the resurrection in Luke chapter 23, the Lord tells his disciples to sell their cloak and buy a sword. Just wanted to show you the difference between before and after. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. Thinkest thou that I cannot now pray to my father and he shall presently give me more than 12 legions of angels? But how then shall the scriptures be fulfilled that thus it must be. In that same hour, Jesus, in that same hour, said Jesus to the multitudes, are ye come out against the thief with swords and staves for to take me? I sat daily with you teaching in the temple and ye laid no hold on me. But all this was done that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples forsook him and fled. Every one of them that had said, we'll be with you, Lord, all the way. Ain't nothing going to run us off. I'll die for you, Lord, old Peter said. How quick human nature changes. How weak this flesh is. How weak this flesh is. Continue on. And they that had laid hold on Jesus led him away to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the scribes and the elders were assembled. But Peter followed him afar off. But Peter followed him afar off unto the high priest's palace and went in and sat with the servants to see the end. Now the chief priests and elders and all the council sought false witness against Jesus to put him to death. Brother Dave, while he's reading this, I want you to go to Daniel 7. Brother Dave? Yes. I want you to go to Daniel 7 while he's reading this. Go ahead. Go ahead, They sought false witness against Jesus to put him to death, but found none. Yea, though many false witnesses came, yet found they none. At the last came two false witnesses and said, This fellow said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and to build it in three days. The high priest arose and said unto him, Answerest thou nothing? What is it which these witnesses against thee? But Jesus held his peace. The high priest answered and said unto him, I adjure thee by the living God, that thou tellest whether thou be the Christ, the Son of God. Jesus saith unto him, Thou hast said, Nevertheless I say unto you, Hereafter shall ye see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. That's the verse that got him killed. That's the verse that that sealed his fate right there. And he knew it. And they knew it. They knew what he was talking about. 
They knew right where this verse came from. And Brother Dave's fixing to read it to you. Brother Dave, we've read it before. You should know where it is. And I saw the Ancient of Days, remember, in Daniel 7. You there, Brother Dave? Yes, I'm here. Okay, Daniel 7. Go down to where it says, I saw I beheld till the Ancient of Days did sit. Thousand stood before him, and ten thousand times ten thousand. You know, you know, you know the verse, okay? Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna show you where he's quoting from right here. When you get over there and read the verse, and these folks, Caiaphas, all they knew this. They knew the dual. They they knew the dual powers of heaven, because you've got the ancient of days sitting there, and then you'll see what I'm talking about when Brother Dave reads. So I'll shut my mouth and let him read. Go ahead. I saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven, and came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. There's the two powers in heaven. That's the that's the theophany, and there's there's God the Father in anthropomorphic form, so you can understand. There's the two powers, the witness of it in Daniel seven, and these they knew this. They knew that Christ was claiming to be the cloud rider of Daniel chapter 7, and this sealed his fate. Don't believe me? Watch what happens after he says this. Back to Brother Chad, continue on, verse 65. Sure. Hereafter shall ye see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power, coming in the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest rent his clothes. See there? Go ahead. (laughs) Then the high priest rent his clothes, saying, he hath spoken blasphemy. See there? What further need have we of witnesses? Behold, now ye have heard his blasphemy. What think ye? They answered and said, He is guilty of death. Then did they spit in his face and buffeted him, and others smote him with the palms of their hands, saying, Prophesy unto us, thou Christ, who is he that smote thee? Now Peter sat without in the palace, and the damsel came unto him, saying, Thou also was with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied before them all, saying, I know not what thou sayest. When he was gone out into the porch, another maid saw him and said unto them that were there, This fellow was also with Jesus of Nazareth. And again he denied them with an oath, I do not know the man. And after a while came unto him they that stood by and said to Peter, Surely thou art that thou also art one of them, for thy speech betrayeth thee. Then began he to curse and to swear, saying, I know not the man. And immediately the cock crew. And then the Lord's prophecy was fulfilled, and there's Peter. I don't know that GD blankety blank sapsucker. I don't know what you're talking about. You got the wrong man. Not an hour before, I'll die for you, Lord. Sound familiar to anybody? See how real this book presents everything? See how one little sentence of the scripture sent them into berserk city, renting their clothes, gnashing their teeth? If you didn't know the book, you wouldn't even know where it come from. 
They need a book. That's why they got bent out of shape. They knew the dual powers that were taught all through the New Old Testament that most folks today don't even know because they don't. Nobody reads the Bible. Nobody studies. And I say that with a broad brush. Okay, I'm not talking about everybody, but you know what I mean. Continue on, Brother Chad. And Peter remembered the word of Jesus, which said unto him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And he went out and wept bitterly. See there? See, you see that back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. He knew what he was doing, but yet it broke his heart. And there's a little bit more involved here as well, as we'll see, and I'll bring it to your attention when we get to it. Go ahead, Brother Chad. Chapter 27, when the morning was come, all the chief priests and elders of the people took counsel against Jesus to put him to death. Oh, but Brother Dave, pick up right here. I'm sorry, Brother Chad. I'll give you a rest. Let Brother Dave pick up John 27 right here. Sure. Okay. Chapter 27, verse 1. When the morning was come, all the chief priests and elders of the people took counsel against Jesus to put him to death. And when they had bound him, They led him away and delivered him to Pontius Pilate, the governor. Then Judas, which had betrayed him, when he saw that he was condemned, repented himself and brought again the thirty pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned in that I have betrayed the innocent blood. And they said, What is that to us? See thou to that. And he cast down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. Nah, that's a good deal. I'm glad it's a good thing he did that. So he could, he could go to his own place, as it tells you in the book of Acts. He goes and gets rid of that old body and goes spiritually down to his own place. When he's going to come back up again, he's called the son of perdition. And that's what he's called in Second Thessalonians chapter 3. And also called that in Revelation, the spirit of the Antichrist was in him, spirit of Satan, the incarnate Satan was in him. And in another place it said, and Satan entered into him. Yes, it does. And so he went to his own place. After his, It tells you that in Acts chapter 1, when you're talking about what happened. It was, well, just go read it, Brother Chad. So they can they can see what I'm talking about. That Judas didn't get no barrier. Judas wants his gut bust out. The spirit that was in him went to its own place. Coming back again. Okay, Acts chapter one. Where is it? About halfway down. Yeah. All right. And in those days, this is 1 and 15 of Acts, and in those days Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples and said, the number of the names together were about 120. Men and brethren, the scripture must needs have been fulfilled, which the Holy Ghost by the mouth of David spake before concerning Judas, which was guide to them that took Jesus. For he was numbered with us and had obtained part of this ministry. Now, this man purchased a field with the reward of iniquity. And falling headlong, he burst asunder in the midst, and all his bowels gushed out. 
and it was known unto all the dwellers at Jerusalem, insomuch as that field is called in their proper tongue um, Akeldama. That is to say, the field of blood. For it is written in the book of Psalms, let his habitation be desolate, and let no man dwell therein, and his bishoprick let another take. Before of these men, wherefore of these men which have come accompanied with us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John unto that same day that he was taken up from us, must one be ordained to be a witness with us of his resurrection. And they appointed two. Joseph called um, Barsabbas. Let's go to the place where it said he went to his own place. Verse 25. Yeah, okay. And they prayed and said, Thou Lord, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Um, verse 25. That he may take part of this ministry and apostleship from which Judas by transgression fell, that he might go to his own place. Thank you. Now, Brother Dave, back to 27. Yes. 27, verse 7. And they took counsel. Oh, wait a minute. And the chief priest took the silver pieces and said, It is not lawful for to put them into the treasury, because it is the price of blood. And they took counsel and bought within the potter's field to bury strangers in. Wherefore, that field was called the field of blood unto this day. Then was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremy the prophet, saying, And they took the thirty pieces of silver, the price of him that was valued, whom they of the children of Israel did value. And that's he's talking about Jeremiah when he says Jeremy. Go ahead, brother. And gave them to the potter's field, as the Lord appointed me. And Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, saying, Art thou the king of the Jews? And Jesus said unto him, Thou sayest. And when he was accused of the chief priests and elders, he answered nothing. Then said Pilate unto him, Hearest thou not how many things they witness against thee? And he answered him to never a word, insomuch that the governor marveled greatly. Now, at that feast, the governor was wont to release unto the people a prisoner whom they would. And they had then a notable prisoner called Barsabbas. Therefore, when they were gathered together, Pilate said unto them, Whom will ye that I release unto you? Barabbas or Jesus, which is called Christ. For he knew that for envy they had delivered him. When he was set down on the judgment seat, his wife said unto him, saying, Have nothing to do with that just man, for I have suffered many things this day in a dream because of him. Just think how famous he would have been if he had just released Jesus. But he couldn't. He couldn't do it, no matter how much he wanted to, because the scriptures had to be fulfilled. But just, just, just for just out of in your imagination, think what he would have went down in history 
as the one of the greatest men that greatest kings that ever lived if he would have went ahead and set Christ free. But of course, like I said, the scriptures can't be broken. No matter how many people, no matter how much he washes his hands, no matter what he wants to do. Because he's not guilty of the blood anyway. He's not the one that actually killed the Lord anyway. The Bible tells us in two places that the Jews are the ones that murdered Christ. Go ahead, brother. We'll read them in a few minutes. Go ahead. But the chief... But the uh, chief brother Chad, proved... you go ahead and turn to First Thessalonians chapter 2, okay? And we'll read mm-hmm. the first one and then, we'll, and then go to Acts chapter 7. Go ahead, brother Dave. But the chief priests and elders persuaded the multitude that they should ask Barabbas and destroy Jesus. The governor answered and said unto them, Whether of the twain will ye that I release unto you? They said, Barabbas. Pilate saith unto them, What shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? They all say unto him, Let him be crucified. And the governor said, Why? What evil hath he done? But they cried out the more, saying, Let him be crucified. When Pilate saw that he could prevail nothing, but that rather a tumult was was made, he took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. See ye to it. They answered all the people and said, His blood be on us and on our children. And it has been ever since. Go ahead, brother. Verse 26. Then released he Barabbas unto them, and when he had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the common hall and gathered unto him the whole band of soldiers. Brother brother Dave, stop right there and go to Isaiah 53 and start in verse 1. Okay. Okay. Isaiah chapter 53, verse 1. Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Okay, you can go back to Matthew. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the common hall and gathered 
unto him the whole band of soldiers. And they stripped him and put on him a scarlet robe. And and when they had plaited a crown of thorns, they put it upon his head and a reed in his right hand. And they bowed the knee before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews! And they spit upon him and took the reed and smote him on the head. And after that, had, and after that they had mocked him, they took the robe off from him and put his own raiment on him and led him away to crucify him. Folks, just think. He could have called ten legions of angels. He could have miraculously healed himself of all every wound that he got, every lash of the scourging. Every step he took, he could have miraculously just spoke one word. But he didn't. Every step he took was so painful that he got to the point where the cross was so heavy he had to have help. That's, that, was, that was for you and me. That was for you and me. Every one of those stripes, every one of those holes in his head by the thorns, every bit of pain that he suffered, that spiritual cup of wrath that he knew was coming at the moment he gave up the ghost was for you. You meditate upon that more than 10 seconds and think about the realization of the whole scenario and the ramifications of what it's had over the last 2,000 years and the eternal ramifications that it has, the possibilities that it presents for you and I. Something should move in you. There should be a spiritual move in your heart. Because that's what the gospel is all about. The death, burial, and resurrection. For you and I. And we take it so flippantly. We take it for granted so much. But at any time, he could have stopped it. But he loved you and I so much that he took every step, every lash, every mark for you and I. And every step and every time you think about it, the question should arise in your mind. He gave it all for me. What have I gave for him? Must Jesus bear the cross alone and all the world go free? No. There's a cross 
for you to bear. And there's the cross for me. Think about that. What is your cross? While he was alive, preaching and teaching and healing, doing mighty wonders, he told his disciples, he told the people who him to do this, going to take up your cross daily and follow me. What cross do you bear? Do you bear any cross or do you run a, or when you see a cross do you go the other way? He gave it all for you. What have you given to him? He gave it all to you so you could live eternally forever and escape the wrath of God and escape the lake of fire and hell. What have you done for him? And he asks nothing except for your love and your obedience because the salvation part is handed down to you for free. Let's read a little bit about the wicked sapsuckers that engineered every bit of this and who God lays at the feet as killing the Lord Jesus Christ. It wasn't the Romans. No, it wasn't the Romans. Brother Chad, First Thessalonians chapter 5, start reading at verse 15. Uh, First Thessalonians chapter 2. Excuse me, brother, I'm sorry, yeah. Sure. Um... Okay. So, Dave, you go to Acts chapter 7. Okay. You'll find it down about three-quarters of the way through Stephen's sermon. Go ahead, Brother Chad. All right, I'll, I'll start in verse 14. Go ahead. For ye brethren became followers of the churches of God, which in Judea are in Christ Jesus. For ye also have suffered like things of your own countrymen, even as they have of the Jews, who both killed the Lord Jesus, and their own prophets, and have persecuted us, and they please not God, and are contrary to all men. Absolutely. They're the ones that kill Christ. They're the ones that kill Christ. Pilate tried to let him go. The Roman soldiers were just taking orders. But through the depressing of the Jews, they're the ones that killed him, and they're the ones... Let their blood be upon let his blood be upon us upon on and upon our children. Say so that's a random verse. Oh, well, let's see what Brother Stephen had to say in Acts chapter seven. Go ahead, Brother Dave. Even he Stephen even tells the Sanhedrin and all the council that they murdered him. Plain murder. Read the sermon. I mean, you don't have to read the whole thing. Start about halfway through it. Okay. Ye stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, ye do always resist the Holy Ghost, as your fathers did. So do ye. Which of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted? And they have slain them which shewed before of the coming of the just one of whom ye have been now the betrayers and murderers. Got that? They're the murderers. 
Two witnesses said that they're the murderers, not the Romans, but the Jews. Back to Matthew, brother. Yes, Matthew, verse 32. And as they came out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name. Him they compelled to bear his cross. And when they were come unto a place called Golgotha, that is to say, a place of a skull, they gave him vinegar to drink mingled with gall, and when he had tasted thereof, he would not drink. And they crucified him and parted his garments, casting lots that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet. They parted my garments among them, and upon my vesture did they cast lots. You'll find that in the book of Psalms, chapter 22. Go ahead, brother. And sitting down, they watched him there, and set up over his head this accusation written, This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Then were there two thieves crucified with him, one on the right hand and another on the left. And they that passed by reviled him, wagging their heads and saying, Thou that destroyed the temple and buildest it in three days, (coughs) save thyself. If thou be the Son of God, come down from the cross. Likewise also the chief priests, mocking him with the scribes and elders, said, He saved others. Himself he cannot save. If he be the king of Israel, let him now come down from the cross, and we will believe him. Uh Uh-huh. He could have came down, and you believe that they really would have believed him after everything he had done. That's just an excuse. That it went right on doing what they were doing previously. They had seen him feed the 5,000. They had seen him raise the dead. They had seen him do cast out demons. They had seen him turn bread. They you know, um, take loaves of bread and then feed all the multitudes two different times. I mean, just miracle after miracle after miracle. Such love and compassion. They wouldn't have believed squat. He could have pulled them nails out and jumped down. And healed all his wounds, and they would have they'd have, done, they'd have figured out another way to kill him because it had to be done. There had to be a kinsman redeemer, okay, and that's who he was. Not only a kinsman redeemer, but a shedder of blood to take away the sins of the whole world. Continue on, Brother Dave. Verse 43. He trusted in God. Let him deliver him now. If he will have will have him, for he said, I am the Son of God. The thieves also which were crucified with him cast the same in his teeth. Now from the sixth hour there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabbathini, 
That is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? There's that flesh part. There's the man part that's crying out to God. My God, Eli, Eli, Labasabachthani. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Continue, brother. Some of them that stoned stood there when they heard that heard that, said, This man called for Elias. And straightway one of them ran and took a sponge and filled it with vinegar and put it on a reed and gave him to drink. The rest said, Let be, let us see whether Elias will come to save him. Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. And Behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom. Tell them about and that veil, brother. Brother Dave, tell them how big that veil was. <laughs> if they're in, after the it, when he gave up the ghost, there was something happened that was an impossibility. If anything should have convinced them, people, after this one event, this should have convinced them. Tell them about it, brother Dave. Well, the veil was. Uh, now, this is going from my memory. It may be a little off, but I believe it's pretty accurate. 30 to 36 inches thick and was five tons. Yes. And it had, you know, ripped from the top, like the God the Father, just ripping it from the top to the bottom. That's this, right. It was, impo- it was layers, and there were leather layers, different kinds of layers in there. and. Mm-hmm. It was a huge thing. It wasn't just a, you know, a sheer veil, uh, a curtain like you have on your showers or something like that. It was uh, an impossibility to rip this thing. And the symbology was, used to, the priest had to go walk, to get to the veil, they had to be clean and to go only bring blood. They had to walk in backwards and had a rope tied to the leg in case God didn't accept them. The symbology of this veil being rent in twain was now the throne of God would be open to everyone that believed. You find that in Hebrews, let us come boldly before the throne of grace that we may receive help in time of need. Go ahead, Brother Dave. And the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose and came out of the graves after his resurrection and went into the holy city, and appeared unto many. And that one incident right there caused a heresy to to fly up in the New Testament church by Philetus and Hymenaeus, that the resurrection had already passed. And Paul talks about that in Second Thessalonians chapter 2. In case you wonder what he's talking about, about some, that's, what he, that's who he's referring to, okay? And you find that out in Second Timothy chapter two. You got witnesses everywhere that that's where that that started. That started the res. They, they were telling the resurrection's done past. You know, you know what happened? Okay, because <laughs> number one is more than one resurrection. All right, but anyway, did you, this was just a, a sign and a wonder that happened. These people were some of the Old Testament saints that Christ. That, in other words, when when Christ gave up the ghost. His spirit immediately went down into the uttermost parts of the earth. 
That's what the rest of the Bible tells you. It tells you that in Ephesians 4. tells you that in 1 Peter 3. We went over that the other night. That's why we're dealing with this underground civilization stuff, okay? And he went down there, and he had done, he had done, there's some time change that takes time down underneath our feet. It, there's a difference in the way time is down there and time up here, and we're not going to go into that tonight. That's a different topic. We'll go into that when we have Brother Justin fall on the program. We'll get into that a little bit deeper. But go ahead, Brother Dave. Now, when the centurion and they that were with him watching Jesus saw the earthquake and those things that were done, they feared greatly, saying, Truly this was the Son of God. And many women were there beholding afar off, which followed Jesus from Galilee, ministering unto him, among which was Mary Magdalene, and Mary, the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of Zebedee's children. When the even was come, there came a rich man of Arimathea named Joseph, who also himself was Jesus' disciple. See, he was a this day's one of the two I was mentioning the other night when I was railing on some of you folks that are ashamed of Jesus if he was trying to find you somebody to pick out that was a secret disciple. Well, this is one of them. The other one's Nicodemus, okay? But they got over their shamefacedness, okay, pretty quick. And there's not anyone that names the name of Christ as Savior that should have any shame at all. There is no excuse. I said there is no excuse. He that confesseth me before men, him will I confess before the angels of heaven. Now, you know what the flip side of that is, right? Continue on, Brother Dave. He went to Pilate and begged the body of Jesus. Then Pilate commanded the body to be delivered. And when Joseph had taken the body... He wrapped it in a clean linen cloth and laid it in his own new tomb, which was, which he had hewn out in the rock. And he rolled a great stone to the door of the sepulchre and departed. Brother, Brother Chad, pick it up at 61, please. Okay. That's 27 and 61. There was Mary Magdalene and the other Mary sitting over against the sepulcher. Now the next day that followed the day of the preparation, the chief priests and Pharisees came together unto Pilate, saying, Sir, we remember that that that, that deceiver said, while he was yet alive, after three days I will rise again. Command, therefore, that the sepulcher be made sure until the third day, lest his disciples come by night and steal him away and say unto the people, He is risen from the dead. So the last error shall be worse than the first. Pilate said unto them, Ye have a watch. Go your way. Make it as sure as ye can. (laughs) You hear no Pilate's voice. Go make it as sure as you can, if you think you can. That's basically what he's saying. Pilot knew better. Hey, hey, go on, you sapsuckers. Make it as sure as you can, okay? <laughs> I give you permission. Ain't going to do you no good. But you just go make it as sure as you can. <laughs> the last verse, brother. So they went 
and made the sepulcher sure, sealing the stone and setting a watch. Okay, we'll go ahead and stop here for tonight. Is there any questions in the chat? Uh, vinegar uh, and gall is a kind of anesthetic piece. Yes, yes, it is. That's, that's true. That's exactly correct. Very good. Yeah, that's great. And Jesus uh, wouldn't take it. Nothing nope. to cloud his mind. Nothing, not whatsoever. Not no, he, he wasn't offered anything beforehand either, because I think that sticks in my mind from one of these um, Jewishwood films that they that the pilot's wife came up to him and said, "Here, drink this." That never happened, right? No, it never happened. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, that's just a Hollywood insert. You gotta watch those liars, man. Yep, that's a but, cat. That's a catholic insert. Mm-hmm. Holy given to a cat. Yeah. You do know that's what catholic means, don't you? If you break the words into syllables. An alcoholic is wholly given to alcohol. A catholic is wholly given to a cat. And you wonder why the word C-A-T is not in the lids of your Bible from Genesis 1 to Revelation 22. I'm sorry, you cat lovers. <laughs> I ain't one of them. There's a reason for it. <laughs> anyway, any more qu- anybody got any questions? No questions. Well, if there's no questions, then we will go ahead and close. For well, actually, I should say there was one, but it was quite a while back. That's okay. I wonder if the Father's wrath was really felt at noon till 3 when it became dark. It was but I, you answered that already. <clears throat> yeah, the the wrath was felt immediately, and the wrath was really felt when he went into the center of the earth because he had to dump those sins somewhere. Or say our sins were laid upon him. He bore our sins, so if he bore our sins, he had to get he had to get rid of them. And where do you think those sins went? They went where where did them sins go, brother Chad? Into the pit of hell. That's right. Absolutely right. Just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the whale, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Any more questions in the chat? Anybody got any comments? I'm good. If not... If not, if there is none, Brother Dave, dismiss us in a word of prayer. Yes. Father, tonight we give thanks for this gospel message of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We haven't covered the resurrection part yet, but it's coming. And we know that it's because of the blood of Jesus Christ. It's because of this torment, this horror, this absolute painful torture that Jesus Christ went through on the cross for us that the courts of heaven the just demands of a just court for the penalty of death and for the crimes to be paid for have been fulfilled 
Every crime has been paid for to those who will receive the free gift of mercy. Yes. And Lord, tonight we give thanks for that free gift of mercy that Jesus Christ himself bore our grief, bore our pain, bore our penalty, and died in our place. And I'm so grateful, Lord Jesus Christ, the preeminent King of Kings, that you died for this worthless man. And for all those who will receive and for all those who have yet to receive, because none of us received it when you did it, but we received it after, and some received it before you did it in the Old Testament. Some looked forward and had a hazy image of something going on, and they received salvation, but they didn't receive the cleansing but a forgiveness. That's right. And Lord... I pray tonight that all those within the sound of our voices here tonight who have not received the free gift of salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ, that the Holy Spirit truly and utterly convict them of their need of a sinner. Because when you look at Christ on the cross and you look at the torture, the terror, the torment that he went through, it was great. It was absolutely great, but I think the tortures of hell that will last for eternity are going to be much greater. Yes, much greater. Yes, that's right. That's where the wrath occurred. Yes. And if you don't receive the free gift, you will receive your own cup of wrath. Jesus Christ drank it for you that you can receive. Mercy and righteousness and holiness and the ability to be called the Son of God. Tonight, Lord, I pray that you make it conclusive, conclusive to every man and woman that if they don't receive the terror of God, let it be on them. Let the terror be on them until they receive from you mercy, Lord, and have mercy even in this way that we would Fear not being saved Yes. if we're not. In Jesus' name I pray all these things. So be it. Amen. 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 Yes, yes. Brother Dave, contact him, please. Yes. Contact information for Don Spears Ministries. Telephone number is 334-397-3444. And the email address for Pastor Don is respect to the Lord at yahoo.com. And please go to PayPal and open an account if you haven't got one and enter Pastor Don's account number, which is his email address, and I will repeat it respect to the Lord at yahoo.com. And you'll get right to the page where it says, Pastor Don, and you can give an offering to the Lord Jesus Christ through this ministry. And Pastor Don's mailing address is 3155 Louisville Street, Apartment D1, Clio, 
Alabama, zip code 36017, 36017. Thanks for listening, everyone. God bless each and every one of you, and may the Spirit of God convict those that have never received the free gift of salvation, and may you sweat drops of blood till you accept that free gift, and may the Lord's grace and mercy lead you in that direction, because mercy, God's mercy, is what leads you to repentance. Amen. And may he lead the ones that have never trusted him and hung their body on what Christ did and on this, the words of this book. May they do it tonight. Lord willing, help permitting, we'll be back tomorrow night with another message. God bless each and every one of you. Good job, guys. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night.